Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This week's major spoilers podcast is brought to you by the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Jeffrey Gregg, Christopher Dembeck, Matt Verlinden, Joseph Smith, Alex Springman, Dylan Sullivan, Alistair Shields, Joe Ammon, Brian Nelson, Christian Fisher, Ryan Razor, Fabian Cunet, Nathan Olson, Jeremiah Coatney, Timothy Kelly, all caps, Aaron Matner, Ingrid Limjohn, George Chimples, Lisa Kanoy, Darren Nicole, Seamus Dorr, Ethan Martinez, Sean Engard, Sim Lee Schwan, Kashmir Ulanowski, Alexander Diakon, Daniel Auger, Nathan Tenney, Ethan Guberman, <laughs> and Ryan Walker. Fine and faithful spoilerites all. We hope to have your name join theirs in the hallowed ranks of spoilerosity. So point your browser to members.majorspoilers.com, sign up, and you can hear a next, the next, or one of the next, any of the next Major Spoilers productions headed out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue... To be a spoilerite, your tread must be light and sure, as though your path were upon rice paper. It is said a faithful spoilerite can walk through walls. Looked for, she cannot be seen. Listened for, she cannot be heard. Touched, she will probably slap you. But the rice paper is the test. As fragile as the wings of a dragonfly, clinging as the cocoon of the silkworm, as powerful as the giant mutant buffalo creature, when you can walk its length and leave no trace, you will have learned the ways of the spoiler. And you will be on the air. Welcome to issue 582, the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank Yay! you for downloading. Thank you for listening to this episode, released July 15th, 2014. So Ding. glad to have you with us. Later in the show, we will be talking about Manifest Destiny from Image Comics. But uh, first, we're going to get into uh, a little bit of news. And uh, as we get into news, we want to remind you that uh, if you're going to be buying anything from Amazon over the next uh, couple of days, be sure to hit us up over at Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon link. And by a whale, every little bit comes, uh, not every bit, a little bit comes back our way and helps us do fine shows like this. So big news today Mm -hmm. from uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, They announced that they've got an all new God of Thunder. They're launching a new Thor series. Thank goodness Thor finally gets his own series, except, oh, wait a minute. Thor is not a he in this new series. (gasps) Thor shall be a she. And no, it's not she Thor. It's not Lady Thor. She Thor. It is Thor. Not even Thor girl. Uh, the series will be written by Jason Aaron and art with by uh, Russell uh, Doderman. Uh, this mm-hmm. October, Marvel Comics evolves once again in one of the most shocking and exciting changes ever to shake up one of Marvel's big three. Uh, big right. three being Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Marvel Comics will be introducing an all-new Thor God of Thunder. No longer is the classic male hero able to hold the mighty, mighty hammer Mjolnir. 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 A brand new female hero will emerge who will be worthy of the name Thor. Who is she? Where did she come from? 
And what is her connection to Asgard and the Marvel Universe? What's your deal, yo? Uh, Marvel editor Will Moss says that the inscription says, whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall be able to possess the power of Thor, or it's time to update that inscription. The new Thor continues Marvel's proud tradition of strong female characters like Captain Marvel, uh, Storm, Black Widow, and more. And this new Thor isn't a temporary female substitute. She's now the one and only Thor, and she's worthy. I'm, I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain this is not <laughs> at all temporary. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, no. Yeah, no way. I'm forever. I'm, I'm certain Thor, original Thor, will never ever come back. Well, no, I mean, who 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 has been Thor? We've got Beta Ray Bill, who's an alien. Beta Ray Bill was. We Thor. got a frog. There's a guy named. We got a frog well, who's Thor. The frog was Thor. And then we had we had an alternate universe uh, female Thor already. Right. We had and, Eric yeah. Masterson, who was just a normal schmuck. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy named Dargo who was Thor off and on. He was part of the Thor core with Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> the Thor core. Yeah, oh, who could forget the Thor core? <laughs> it was in the 90s, you see, and things were different then. Uh, no, just still wait, just wait, like wait, they're wait. different no, they, now. No, they weren't. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember a comic book called The Hulks? Yes, but that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's Incredible what I'm saying. They're Hulks. not different. <laughs> exactly. Just like things Thor, are not different Thor is today. like the only one of Marvel's giant characters who doesn't have a huge bunch of other Thors. I mean, Captain yeah. America has the U.S. agent, and he has the other guy, and he has uh, but he what's had the his Thor face Corps. the Patriot. Right. <laughs> but this is the thing. The Thor core. No, no, no. I thought we are talking about Thor, stupid. not the thing. The, no. <laughs> is there a thing core? Third base. There are multiple things. <laughs> there are multiple things. Swamp thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Giant Swamp man thing. thing. Yep. Man right. thing. <laughs> okay, so um, here's my reaction to this. Yes. Lame. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, it seems like, and I'll, I'll come back around to this after we talk about it, but it just seems like this is uh, Marvel trying to force uh, a female character into a universe, right? We've got Captain Marvel, and she actually earns the title Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Thor is not a title. Thor is someone's name. Thor Odinson. There actually is a female counterpart to Thor in Norse mythology. She could have mm-hmm. taken that name. So this just seems like your name is now Thor. No, it's not. My name is <laughs> Susie Jenkins, and I wield but, the power of Thor. You can call me Susie, right? But here's 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 what I think we have to look at. This is well. First of all, it's comics, and this is one of the classic comic stunts. Who is the new Spider-Man? Who will be the new Captain America? Who will be the new Iron Man? I mean, going back to 1971, when Jon Stewart first became the alternate Green Lantern, people have said, oh, well, he's not going to be you know, permanent. He's not going to be the regular guy. But this is one of the things you get. You get deaths. You get weddings. You get 50th anniversary celebrations. And you get who is the new person in the suit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you could have a female character who wields Mew Mew and not Mew-Mew. have mm-hmm. the name Thor. Rodrigo, what's your reaction to this? Well, so, okay, I I had my first reaction, but I I want to address what you just just said first. Um, The thing is, in the Marvel Universe, Thor works differently than in actual Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. Because I have yet to see a uh, carriage pulled by goats. Right. Um, Mm. I think it's shown up maybe once, but, you know, I've never gotten to see it. Simonson days. Right. So... That's an issue. So, you know, it, it's true. The The hammer says 
whomsoever, right, right. Uh, you know, superstitious and cowardly lot. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Something, something. Yeah, Green something. Light. Yes. Something, something. Green Lantern's light. Exactly. Um, so the way that Thor works in the Marvel Universe is that way. Thor's powers are tied to the hammer and Thor's persona are tied to the hammer. But it, but it's no, it's you'll be able to wield the power of Thor. Right. It's not that you will become Thor. Mm-hmm. You don't take the mm-hmm. mantle of Thor. It's his name. But, but you do. But Beta Ray Bill is an alien with a horse face who becomes <laughs> Thor. He is literally Thor. He has the power of an Asgardian, the strength, the enhanced abilities. He has all of the power. Does he have all the memories? Does he have all of the the other things that uh, that comes with this person that we know of as Thor? I'm not sure what that means. Well, if I suddenly became Matthew, yeah. I right. would hope that I would have all of Matthew's. I would hope that I would retain my memories. Mm-hmm. Or I if would, I became I Matthew, maybe would I retain all of Matthew's memories? Because but if I'm getting- now Matthew, then I should have all the powers and abilities and knowledge that Matthew has. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, what we're having here is a semantic argument because the man who holds the mallet of Thor is Thor. His name is Thor. But at various points in his history, and when Thor actually began, he was not Thor. He was Donald Blake, or at least so he believed. And then the retcons came in and changed him to being the actual historical Thor. In recent history, I would say that Marvel is changing this to where it is not so much Norse mythology as alien creatures. And you can see this especially in the movies. Alien creatures who may have inspired the stories and the historical sagas mm-hmm. and eddas that we've read about. What, what's Thor's name then? The the, the current Thor's person. Per, current person. Bob Thor. Okay. So what happens to Bob Thor now that, that he's no longer got the title of Thor? Hi, my name well, is Bob Thor. Seen, I'm Thor. We've seen images of that Thor running about with an axe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that that Thor is still going to be around, but he's probably going to call himself something different. Because if no, they're doing... What they're doing, yeah, Thor man, uh, Lightning Boy. <laughs> you can call it. I mean, you can call him anything you want. I think what we're what we're looking at here is Marvel is courting fans who don't already know about forty five years of Marvel history, and Marvel is saying, "Look, you know that Thor guy you love in those cool movies? Yes, we are now do we're now pulling off a stunt here, and even if it doesn't necessarily to make sense to you know us, the guys reading the book." I think that this is something that's definitely aimed at attracting new readers. I think to you. The Thor I Thor. think you. I think you. You hit the nail on the head when you said this is a stunt, Rodrigo. What oh, is your yeah. reaction to this? Uh, all right. So this this was my reaction to this. Um, I this morning I went to work and I actually had a pretty bad migraine. Came oh. home, went to bed, uh, woke up, um, just started looking stuff up online, and I saw this and I thought, oh no, I'm in an alternate reality. Not because they turned <laughs> Thor into a girl, that in fact has happened before, but because of the stuff surrounding this press release. This was released on the View. On the View, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and and it's like you can see, you can Marvel, see the Marvel yes. owned by Disney. Disney owns ABC. View on yeah. ABC. Sure. Exactly, we'll, exactly. We'll you can, you can, now you our, can our see channel. the trail of you if you find if you look for it. But I was like, this was announced on the View. Yeah, who would have thought? And then like the other thing is, I'm looking at the press release and it says. Um, the most shocking and exciting changes ever to shake up one of Marvel's big three, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, 
which yeah. is no, not true. That is insane. The big three are Wolverine, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Wolverine. Right. Which are properties that are currently <laughs> oh, properties yeah. that are owned or as far as the media franchise goes, owned by someone else. Sure, right sure, sure. And but I, I, I was just like, do I live in an alternate reality <laughs> where the three most popular Marvel characters are Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor? <laughs> well. I, I have no problem with a female hero. Don't get me wrong on that. What I have a problem with is you're trying to force it into it's, something that's not really it's not really a it's, title. It's, it's different than Su- Susan Danvers, who has the title of Captain Marvel. It is. It is. And it isn't. I think that um, also Marvel's Captain Marvel is, in fact, named Marvel. Yeah, I, I, it, it is. And it isn't because um, in a sense, yes, the title of Captain Marvel is a title and Thor is a name. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in another sense, it's exactly the same thing in that. Um, here's a character name, whatever, what, whether it's a title or a name or a, a just a sequence of, of characters that is popular-ish, mm. um, and now, uh, they are putting a, like, a, a, a woman is kind of inheriting it. Right. Um, which is pretty standard procedure for when comic book companies... Want to say, hey, look at us. Mm-hmm. We're doing mm-hmm. more girl stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it happens constantly. We've seen Girl Robin. We're, again, this is not the first Girl Thor. No, no, no. Um, that's, that's the other thing, too. Girl Captain it's not, Marvel. It's not the first time we've seen um, this. Also, other Girl Captain Marvel. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we see, we see this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's good in a sense because it shows uh that the publisher is like hmm we should get more girls in there and it's bad in a sense because uh th- it shows that the publisher is not willing to take a risk right right with a female character uh kind of in her own title in her own book even the most shake up the universe character that marvel has had in a long time right, you know thor's one Kamala of the big three Thor's one of the big three. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah of um, course he is. It's Thor, the Gibbon, and the Spot, I believe, are the three. <laughs> no, uh, it's the big three. You know, you Thor, Thor, Squirrel Girl. Right. Squirrel and Girl. Spider Woman. Right. No, no, no. The new Ghost Rider has actually. Uh, oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. In, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you were reading Marvel in like 2000, between 2000 and 2010, actually, one of those big three would have been Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Like the universe fell in love with Taskmaster <laughs> before he just burnt out. Yeah, yeah. Zach, you've been quiet. What are your thoughts yeah. on this? Well, I don't want to interrupt the adults. <laughs> uh, I think that, like we've, we've stated before, that it's good that there's more female characters in Marvel Universe, but it sucks that this is going to last seven months before Avengers 2 comes out and Thor takes his mantle back and his but, hammer. Yeah, there's our, actually, there was a, I was watching a video online today where they were talking about it, and um, the male that they the guy that they brought in to talk about it he's like yeah this is going to last 12 issues and the girl who's the host is like no this is going to last six issues and then that's it oh, but so that's what she was betting only six issues and here's the thing here's-, here's the thing that i've noticed today as this announcement came out no one well i shouldn't say no one i have not seen a lot of positivity about this release most people including a lot of uh female writers who i respect uh, a lot of female bloggers who i respect have all been poo-pooing this announcement as way to go, Marvel. You don't get it. It's definitely pandering, but I think that 
Something that might be worth noting is the last, not the last time, because, I mean, they do this relatively frequently, but the last time that they did this and it was a huge success, that guy is still around. He has his own hammer and he has his own thing and people are like, oh, it's Horse Thor. Yeah, yeah. But Beta, Beta Ray Bill makes appearances in the Marvel Universe. But, so. what's his, but his I'm, name I'm, is Beta Ray Bill. Right. Right. But this is the thing. He has a presence. He has a I wouldn't say huge, but he has a notable and, fan base. And and these characters and these characters do stick around. Right. It's like right. who is the new Captain Marvel? Well now she's uh Well there's a Jessica, new Captain America that'll be Jessica coming out soon. Rambo is not Jessica, <laughs> Jessica what's her first name? Monica, Monica, <laughs> Monica Rambo is now um, Pulsar. Right. But so yeah. you know if she's been Photon, this, she's been Pulsar. Right, right. So they do these characters do show up. They take over the mantle. Eventually, they lose it, or they usually die. Actually, right, usually right, they right. get killed, yeah, and then when they come back, they can be, um, you know, Marvel Boy instead of mm-hmm. you, you know Doctor Captain Marvel. Here, here's right. an, here's the interesting thing that I noticed. People seem to generally poo-poo this announcement. Now, I'm sure there's some people out there that are really excited about it. Great, mm-hmm. and maybe there's going to be some great stories. Jason Aaron's a good writer. I think he he will do a fine job. But contrast this with the um, with the announcement on Batgirl last week, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Hey, Gail Simone's no longer going to write Batgirl," and every you would figure people would be going, "Boo, this is going to suck." Mm-hmm. But instead, they're like, "Hey, here's the new creative team. Here's Babs. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Turner. Babs Turner. And here's the new design of Batgirl." And people yeah. just went, for lack of a better word, batshit crazy. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. People are really into that design. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a fantastic design. Because it's not spandex, it's not latex, mm-hmm. it's leather, it's practical, it's right. functional. The art looks great. Now, we don't know anything about the story, just like we don't know what's going on with uh, uh, the, the Thor character. But why such a different reaction? Why has there been such like, it's like DC for a long time has just failed in every PR yeah. thing that they've done. And Marvel has been riding high on that. And then suddenly in one week, it almost like flip flops on them. Oh, sure. And, and, and it's... Well, well, it's because of the is because of your starting point. Mm-hmm. Bad girl is her own character, right. and this right. is and right. this is the Barbara Gordon right. bad girl. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. so this is mm-hmm. this is bad girl, bad girl. Right? Right. right, this is the bad girl that most people are going to be familiar with. Yeah, with a new design uh, that is better than a lot of the designs that she's had before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, this is kind of her own character being taken in a different direction, just like. If, you know, back when they gave Thor a cool beard, people weren't like, why are they giving Thor a cool beard? Like, it was fine. <laughs> Thor can have a cool yeah. beard. It's a new design for the same character. It takes it into this new decade of 1976. Yeah. Um, and you're and, and it's great. And, you know, and people were into it. Right. Um, the, the issue here is that they're like, it really seems like you're right. Like what DC does a lot of the time when people are like. You know, we want more girl characters, and they're like, well, we don't want to make new girl characters. Just turn this <laughs> right. one into a girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You're a girl. And I think part of it is the tone. I mean, if you actually read the press release, it's very much a, it's very much a, this is something new and different, and we've never done this before. And it's clear to everyone mm-hmm. that they have done this before. This is something that happens in comics. I said it. This is one of the big stunts. This is one of the top five things they do. And I think that what it is is when, you know, I, I'm a little bit excited about this. 
as long as you know it's not some of the people that people are rumoring under the helmet. If it's going well, to be it's, something it, it where it's like be, it can't be Angela because Angela has red hair. You know who else has has uh, non blonde hair? Who's that? Donald Blake. Oh yeah. The hammer of Thor can actually transform you. But oh uh, yeah. Neither here nor there. My thing is this: the actual that press be, release that would be a real interesting, funny thing. Not not a funny thing. I think it would be kind of a cop out. No, not a cop out either. I think it would be somewhat misleading. Mm. I just I just mm. always nowadays I just always like to throw out Patsy Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Patsy way, Walker is the new Thor. Yes, Patsy Walker, Hellcat Thor. <laughs> it's just a great name for a comic. <laughs> she's she's one of Marvel's oldest characters. I mean, she predates the Marvel heroic age. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Fashion I, I Thor. think that. Part of part of the thing that I have is when I read this, it's really pushing the you wanted female heroes and now we're giving you a female hero. And like I think us. the response to that is you're not giving us a female hero. Yeah. You're giving yeah. us a stunt involving a female character behind right. the shield of one of your biggest characters because that's a place where you can get away with it and have it not you know completely damage the and the why, why not Lady Sif. Why not? Why not, yeah, why not just why give her, her not, own book? Why is she not worthy? Right. Why can't That's she right. hold her own book? Exactly. Yeah. Jane, Jane Foster. Yeah. Look, yeah. There, there are a lot of strong female characters that I would like to see in a book. And I think, you know, I, I don't know. I think that tonally the press release is off. And I think that just in terms of responding to the cry for diversity – this feels ham-fisted and it feels like, you know, someone has said, hey, give us more characters who aren't all white guys. And they're like, OK, well, we'll take this white guy comic and we'll put a girl in, the, in that yeah. position for 16, 18 Who's months. also a white girl with blonde hair. Sure. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll float that trial balloon. And people are like, no, that's not what we wanted. That's not it at all. And, and, and that's the funny thing. And I wasn't, like- wasn't going to drive the discussion <laughs> that way. I was trying not to drive the discussion that way this time. But what a missed opportunity. If they were going to do this yeah. anyway, to not put a uh, Latina under the helmet yeah, yeah. or not mm-hmm. put a uh, black. But, well, I guess, she, guess could, the only- she could be a blonde Latina. She could be that. <laughs> but it's good. I and, but again, it, it ties I back really into seriously it ties back it. into the Norse, you know, blonde hair, mm-hmm. blue eyes mm-hmm. kind right. of thing. Um, who is that? Who is the um, who's the uh, the um, the girl that they have over there? Not Captain Marvel. What's the other one? A uh, Miss Marvel. Right. Miss Marvel. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Amal, little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So they did a great job there. Why can't they do it? Well, why can't and, they do it here? But and, again, maybe it is. Maybe it is a well. No, that, that would be another bad move if it was. When you don't tap yeah. the stick on the ground, you're the Hispanic girl, and then you tap the stick on the ground, and you transform right. into Thor, mm-hmm. and you're a white, yeah. I mean, a white blonde. I mean, that's, that's that would like, be terrible. That's that's and be you know terrible. That's brown there bomber are, territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that is. And there are already people complaining that this is you know a stunt and that it's reverse discrimination and that it's stupid simply because of the fact that this. This is a female character in the role of Thor. And you know, well, I, I'm well, willing to at least to give it what I said at the chance. beginning. Have her have her own unique identity. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be Thorina. It doesn't have to be Lady Thor. It doesn't have to be She yeah. Thor. She can there come are, up with her own name. The there, are dozens, <laughs> no. there are literally dozens of names from North mythology. North mythology. North I have a mythology. Yeah. But my porky pig is kicking. But here's the thing. Borrow some from at least mythology. 10 of those <laughs> names are not embarrassing. Right, right, right. You know, you can't be Frigga. 
because you can't say that with a straight face. Friga. I and Sif is not really a heroic name. Sif sounds like you love Star Wars and have a serious <laughs> overbite. But she, I mean, she's been in the movies yeah, and she's a prominent role in the movies. And again, here's the, here's it's just the, another missed opportunity, yeah, right? Here, Sif exactly. has been kicking butt in the movies. She's Hardcore. been in the well, and this uh, is Agents, Agents of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield. Yeah. This is something that is an ongoing problem because when we had the Green Lantern movie, mm-hmm. they missed the perfect opportunity to cast Jon Stewart, right. which right. every kid knows right. is a black guy from the Justice League cartoon show, right. not this yeah. white guy who whose dad died in a in a in a plane crash. Right. Who, who, what the what the heck, right? Here's yeah. the problem. This new Thor arrives in October. Right. Same time that guess what else arrives in October? Guardians of the Galaxy. No. no. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out like in two weeks, yeah. dude. Yeah. Halloween. Disney Infinity 2 is going to come out in October. And guess what Uh-oh. some of the starting characters are that you're going to want to buy? Thor. I don't know what that is. And it's going to be, oh. and it's the male yeah. Thor character. Mm-hmm. Talk about confusing your audience. You watch I'll Marvel's bet. Avengers on television. Are they going to have a female Thor replace that? No. no probably not. So I'll- the question, I, I guess a greater question then is, when we look at comic book continuity and when we look at comic book properties in other media, does it matter if the two align? Because here we have movies like the Avengers with a hundred million people or a billion people going to see the movie. And then you've got the Thor comic book, mm. which at most maybe, maybe a hundred thousand copies. Yeah, Thor sells 25,000. Okay. So 25,000 copies. Does it matter in the greater scheme of things? With the Marvel movies, it doesn't. Because if you look at Iron Man, that first Iron Man movie and how it hit big, it bore no resemblance to the Iron Man in the comics of the time. And it was so successful that it reshaped Iron Man in the comics, Mm -hmm. which are technically the source material. I don't think that people are inherently confused by the movie not rep- representing the comic books exactly or vice versa. And I and I think since since Marvel and DC have both just completely dropped the ball on using their movies to sell more comic books, yeah. they should just <laughs> they should not even worry about it anymore. Yeah. They should just make two different continuities, just let them be on themselves yeah. with with movies, comics, TV shows, video games, novels, yeah. whatever the one they want to do, make them all separate, let everyone tell their own story in the in the unique medium they're telling it in and don't worry about mashing them up anymore because their cross-pollination between everyone reading it is pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so these- Go ahead, Rodrigo. Uh, so, do, does it matter for them to match up? Only uh, there's 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 two ways of looking at it. One to say no, and that would be Zach's way of doing it. Mm-hmm. The other way to say <laughs> yes, and the problem with that is that if you go like yes, they should match up, then what's going to happen is the comics will have to one hundred percent match up to the movies. Yeah, we've talked mm-hmm. about that before. Like the movies are making seventeen trillion dollars a right. second. The comics are actually costing us <laughs> about a thousand dollars a day. Right. You right. Know? We've talked about that about whether the universes should be in continuity and how do you tie continuity from the movies to the TVs to the comic books. So, we've talked about all that before. So for us comic readers, if if we got a vote, which we don't, but if we got a <laughs> vote, we might want to vote with Zach there and say no, let's not put the continuities together because otherwise. Um, 
the moment that they say the content, the, the books and the movies have to match up, they will say, like, it makes zero sense for us to change something in the movies because of the comics. Right. From mm-hmm. now on, the comics are basically the novelizations right. of the movies. Right. 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 But even then, the comics are going to be in a constant game of follow the leader. The books are going to be coming out, you know, because you're not going to want to spoiler what's going on in your movie, your big well, $50 billion movie you know, with the comics bringing not, up to not it. To, not to go back into that topic again, but, you know, Star Trek, they did that very well with the, the, the Star Trek Into Darkness prequels that IDW published that were lead-ups to the movie. Didn't really but, ruin anything. But um, weren't necessary to enjoy the no, movie. They no, they weren't necessary to enjoy it. And I think you can do the same thing in the well, comic books I mean, and, and, a great, and whatnot. A great example of that is, you know, they had Avengers Earth's Minus Heroes. 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 Then they canceled that right. to put out Avengers Assemble, I think, which is a different cartoon yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that more closely ties to the movies. But in order to kind of pad that roster and add a little bit of diversity... In the very first episode of that, they add the Falcon, mm-hmm. whose backstory is completely different from the Falcon that we see in Winter Soldier. Right. Hmm. Exactly. And then you so have you're to already you already that. have that issue in that this uh, this cartoon universe is supposed to be kind of a lot like mm-hmm. the movies. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be able to watch this and say it's like, okay, this takes place after the movies. But already it's already invalidated. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, I am very interested to see what your thoughts are. On this announcement about uh, the new Thor, um, I also want you to go back into the Major Spoilers archives and check out the art for the upcoming Batgirl series and comment on that. You can find it all over at themajorspoilers.com, uh, not themajorspoilers.com, just majorspoilers.com. <laughs> and um, <laughs> next week is the San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to be hard yeah. at work delivering as many stories as we possibly can, trying to give you as much coverage as we possibly can. I really would appreciate it if you'd head over to majorspoilers.com and check out everything over there. And in fact... If you want to check out everything that's related to Majorspoilers.com, you need to check out the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. There are so many shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. I'm not even sure everyone knows what's going on because I think of them I'm all never. as one daily type show that leads into one another. One leads into another. One leads into another because I'll go on to one show and talk about something as a lead right, in. Right. Yeah. And then people are like, where did you guys talk about XM roulette? And it's like, well, that was on last week's episode of the Major spoilers <laughs> podcast. You don't understand it. If you're just uh, tripping through our uh, YouTube channel, major spoilers video. So if you want to check out everything, here's everything that we have in the major spoilers podcast network lineup that I think you want to check out on Mondays. We have the want list. That's a video show that Zach, I and Ashley do uh, where we talk about new products that are coming down the line that you might want to add onto your, I want to have list. On Tuesdays, we have Munchkin Land. That's a, a, a game or it's a podcast about card games. We generally play Munchkin from Steve Jackson Games, but there's some other games that are slipping in here and there. There's the Magic Minute if you want to learn how to play Magic the Gathering. Um, James has these really great one-minute lessons on different aspects of the game. Then, of course, there's the Geek History Lesson. It's uh, part of the Major Spoilers Podcast Network, but uh, Jason and Ashley do that show, and they do a great job with it. Then, of course, you've got the Major Spoilers Podcast that you're listening to now. News, reviews, commentary about everything going on in pop culture and comic books. That comes out on Wednesday, late Tuesday, early Wednesday. Also on Wednesdays when we're not recording Critical Hit, we've got Dueling Review where we go in-depth on a particular comic that comes out that week. Of course, if you like Countdown Lists and who doesn't love a list, Zach, we've got Top 5. And then on Friday, we have Zach on Film. Zach has to sit down and watch a movie. He has to learn about it. We all talk about it, what's good about it, what's not good about it. And uh, by the end, we've all learned something special. Uh, And then on Saturday, we have Critical Hit, followed by an audio version of the want list that uh, Zach puts on, where he talks about things that have just been announced 
uh, or just on sale or things that are going out that week. And then what a great way to round out your week on the Major Spoilers Podcast Network than a conversation with creatives on Wayne's Comics Podcast. Those are just the shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. I would hope that you listen to them all or at least subscribe to them all. Um, if you're looking for more video, as I mentioned, the YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Videos, where you can find new Zach Plays uh, episodes as well as Stephen Plays. Yeah, man. Stephen Plays like Hearthstone's Marth- pretty Marthstone. bad. I'm, Although I do got a new video. I do have a new video I need to record. There you go. Featuring a new, brand new, custom-made Murloc deck uh, by yeah. the one and only Willie Dills. Oh, did he, uh, did he help you out? He did. He nice. said, let's, let's see how this one works. Good. You're going to have to watch that YouTube channel to uh, oh, man. see how well it, it works. Yeah, we got to play sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all over on the Major Spoilers Podcast Network and our YouTube channel. I hope that you uh, take part in that because there's a lot of great content. Movies, games, comic books, commentary. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that we put out for you guys each and every week. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, just send us an email, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. We do enjoy hearing from you. You can also give us a call at the Major Spoilers hotline, 785-727-1939. Mm-hmm. Just call and leave a message there. We would really appreciate it. Let us get to some reviews. This this week oh, is right. this week is going uh, very quickly. <laughs> uh, sh- uh, we get into one topic, and it eats up uh, all the show. <laughs> Last broadcast yeah. comes out this week. Last broadcast number three. Um, this is the one where they're doing some urban exploring and looking into an old magician and they're finding um, some vast conspiracy that goes on. I would like to say that this issue clears up more things. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just makes the, the mystery deeper. Um, we don't l- really learn anything more about the magician. We don't know anything about the mysterious technology that's under the under the harbor or under the bridge or anything like that. The art is still really cool and funky. Uh, it continues to have the jumping back and forth in time. Um, I really wish I could say more about it, but there's really not a lot that goes on. We learn about what the symbol means and where it comes from. But other than that, there's very little story that that moves through this. Still an mm-hmm. interesting book, still a fascinating book. I'm going to give it three and a half slices of meatloaf. It's the last broadcast, number three. I think once it's finally collected in a big trade, it's going to be super, super interesting. But monthly hmm. unless you can remember everything that's going on in the issue it's very easy to forget now who's this character and what's this relationship and who's that hmm. guy again uh, i think it's going to need to be read in a giant trade so uh, the last broadcast number three that comes out this week from i believe boom studios um i'm giving it three and a half slices of the meatloaf rodrigo hello something that we haven't talked about in a long time yeah haven't i don't well, think we well, talked you, about it you, on the show you and i, you have, and I have talked about it but yeah we haven't talked about it on the show <sighs> I haven't seen a single episode. Oh, I've seen the first episode mm-hmm. through some very questionable means. Right. Because it is not on iTunes. Right. And it's not on their own freaking website. I'm talking, of course, about Legend <laughs> of Korra Book 3 Change. That's right. So, uh, yes. A lot of people are upset about the fact that Legend of Korra um, appeared with uh, almost zero fanfare. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then went on to not be on their website, not... Uh, um, and 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 uh, not be available for immediate purchase or streaming or anything like that. Um, now I'm going to spend some time 
uh, reviewing the thing. I don't okay. want to get into all the conspiracy theories as to why exactly this happened. Oh, you we can talk- probably oh, okay. talk about that later. Oh, the conspiracy theory of why it was released. Yes, why it was released, when it was released, yeah, yeah. and how it was released, which Stephen and I have actually have talked about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. We have different theories, um, and uh, we'll, we'll be glad to stand on pulpits and, and <laughs> go back and forth. Make sure to use the real tinfoil hats because yes. aluminum just uh, amplifies absolutely. the mind control rays. So, uh, book three. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed by book two. Um, a lot of people jumped out in the middle yeah. because mm-hmm. they just were not being entertained by what was happening. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you that the old magic is back. And, and it really <laughs> is because um, in book two, uh, what definitely what turned me off of it, I didn't watch the whole thing, but what turned me off was... Um, you had all these characters going off in their own directions, and a lot of the times we're thinking, well, why are we even with this character right now? All we're doing is just kind of checking back on them. Also, there are 17 characters, and each of them is doing their own thing. <laughs> also, more characters were added. Um, in this uh, story, uh, we are kind of back to a more streamlined thing. There's still a quadrillion characters, but... Yeah. Um, all of Cora's friends are driving towards a single goal, and there is a dark force that is uh, trying to uh, destroy the Avatar, which is basically the the. Uh, is it the mayor? It is not. It is not the president. Mm. Oh, the president. Sorry. Um, which is kind of a similar structure to the first book. Um, in this second book, now you, I can see why, like. There's technically nothing wrong with what they did in the second season. No. Um, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's the Lord of the Rings, right? It's like, oh, you have the Fellowship of the Ring. And then in the second book, they, like, explode. Right, and they right. all go in their own different directions. Right. And then eventually they come back. And so it, that's fine. It's not crazy. Um, I would say go back and at least watch the last three or four episodes of I the would previous say five. one. I say five. Um, it, it really uh, picks up. Um, and it'll lead you to what is happening here. Um basically the the overall premise of the season is uh after the harmonic convergence spoilers spoiler alert um new airbenders have begun to appear so Cora is going around trying to round them up so she can her and Tencent can train them in the meantime a dark organization appears that has it out for the avatar as like you do yeah um cuz otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's not a show it'd be very boring oh yeah so somebody's always trying to kill the Avatar. That's, that's it's not a like given. they couldn't travel from town to town, meeting new in- airbenders and dealing with situations in each of those towns. Right. Which, thankfully, is n- the premise of the last airbender. <laughs> yes. And also Kung Fu. Yes. Um, which does happen. Um, there's, there's already some, like a few retcons in play, but they're minor. Mm. They're, they're really not very disruptive. It's just kind of like little character things. Um, but... All around the series seems more focused. Good. Which is a big problem that the first or that the that the second one had. But much like the first one, this one doesn't spend a lot of trying time going like, is this the bad guy or is this the bad guy or is this the bad guy? You mm-hmm. know who the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. And you're just like freaking out because the bad guys are coming. Right. So which is kind of what you want out of your like action, you know, kung fu type stories. Right. Um, so altogether, I'm gonna give. Uh, I've watched 
six episodes six episodes and um, and and this is totally it you're going oh wait there's only been four or five episodes released how does rodrigo see six right well rodrigo speaks spanish right. and happens so, to see so one of the things one of the things that happened um which again fuels some of our conspiracy theories yeah. is that uh three episodes uh, were released in by accidentally by Nickelodeon Mexico's website. Yeah, um, and I watched them. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right. right? I mean, it's not like you yeah. obtained them illegally, right, right? Right. Since since I do speak Spanish and all that, yeah, I was like, oh, Cora stuff. Watch, 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 watch. By the way, um, Mako and Bolin's voices yeah. are identical in Spanish wow. to their to their English. Huh. Uh, voice actors it is really is impressive the, granted is it they the just same have, actors like, who can actually speak spanish i don't think so okay um granted they both just have like young young yeah, dude yeah, voices yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but they're very closely matched like cora sounds different asami sounds different uh lin bay fong sounds different but like mako and bull i was really surprised by how similar their voices are <laughs> completely besides the point uh, we'll go with uh, let's go with four and a half slices of meatloaf. This really, it really does wow. kind of get the band back together and get us. And on the track. animation, the again, I've only seen the first episode, but the animation is still really, really yeah. strong. Still really good. I would say even an improvement over previous seasons. I went back and watched the first season, mm-hmm. and it's probably my wide-eyed wonder. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of times when that animation kind of like slips a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially in the quiet moments, like their faces look weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. But in this one, yeah, in this one, um, you can just see that there's been like a constant improvement uh, by the uh, animators. Excellent. Very cool. That's Legend of Korra only on Nickelodeon cable channel. (laughs) At least for now. Only only on the Nickelodeon cable channel. Frickin Nickelodeon. (laughs) All right, Zach, what do you got for us this week? I am reviewing the last fall from IDW out this week. Uh, so this is a new issue, new series. It is one of five, okay. which made me want to read it because I like many series. Kind of give me a contained story, and I'll have to read it forever and ever and ever. So the thing with Last Fall is of these two planets, uh, big Earth-looking planet, uh, invaded small desert planet. This is all the pre-story you get in text boxes before uh, the comic actually starts. Oh, okay. They uh, take over the planet. They mine it. They get everything they want. Uh, they go back to their planet. Everything's fine. The other people on the desert planet got enslaved. Uh, now they have all the technology. They grow and evolve and learn and learn and learn. Yes, Steven? Okay, I think I've read this one. I think I did read this one. Already. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, then the star is starting to grow. Everyone's going to die. Earth planet people want to get out of there. They have to go back to the planet to get all their uh, resources they need to, I guess, fuel the rockets to get out of the solar system. Uh, now giant war... That was started due to uh, perceived religious reasons by the government. So they wouldn't say, hey, we're just going to ravage your planet. They didn't want to tell the people that uh, so we can get the heck out of here before the sun kills us all. So that's what we have leading up to this story. And we open up in a battle on the the previously enslaved planet. And now we get our character who is crazy. I don't remember his name because I'm really bad at names. Fall. Fall is his last name. He's the last fall. Mark, that makes Marcus sense. Fall. Something like that. Marcus Fall. Yeah. There you go. Uh, they're supposed to fall back. He goes berserk uh, and does berserk Rambo-like things uh, <laughs> on these alien people. 
Uh, I mean, I don't want to give anything away too much because if you want to read it, uh, I don't want to ruin it. So there's a lot of talking, talking, talking. He's a troubled character. Something happens in his past. We get a little flashback. We don't get very much info on Marcus Fall. Uh, obviously, he's troubled. He was out of the war for a while, but now he came back under his own will, and now he's on a rampage against uh, this other planet's species. Small sheriff in a small town. Uh, That's a Rambo reference. Never mind. No, never seen it. You've never uh, seen First Blood? Put it on the list. You've never seen First no. Blood? Oh. No, First Blood is nowhere near the list. <laughs> it's uh, it's not all that good a movie. Uh, so, art-wise... Yes. Not horrible. It was pretty consistent throughout. The only thing uh, that really bothered me was they do this flashback, and you see Marcus Falls' son... And then you get a little moment there where you're trying to get some of the backstory of the main character, turn the page, and you get what looks to be Fall's son sitting up in bed and yelling, but you have to read the rest of the page to realize, oh no, this is actually Marcus. He just incredibly looks exactly like his son, and I couldn't get out of my head. Now I think the protagonist of the story might be 12, based on his appearance. Interesting. I mean, he's not, but he looks like he's 12 now, after I saw... Hit what his son was supposed to look like, and know what he looks like. He looks super, super young, um, but he was married and have a kid, so he couldn't be twelve. I guess that yeah. would be. I mean, I don't know if Good, that's possible. Uh, Anything's possible. Well, uh, but there was the last page. Fall is standing on top of a building, looks up into the cosmos, and all these stars and nebulas and the galaxies are all above him. It's a beautiful last page. I really like the last page. The last page actually made me want to read more. Kind of. Uh, I wasn't too hot on this book. Um, there's a lot of, I feel like, heavy-handedness to this religious war aspect. It seems like it's kind of uh, playing into tensions in like the Middle East to oh, a point. Yeah. Or it seems, uh, or like an analogy for America being in Iraq and Afghanistan with the cover of, I don't know. It, it seems like too heavy-handed. Uh, and they just, they just hark on it a lot. And there's like priests that lead battle and is into, is interesting. Um, I, I, I would give it one more issue just to see what happens just cause, um, I don't know. It is interesting. People on different planets fighting, but I'm only going to give the last fall, um, two slices of meatloaf. It's all right. Yeah. It wasn't the strongest first issue, but not every book can hit it out of the park in the first issue. Some things need a little bit to go. And um, I'm obviously I'm not the biggest dude in like eight pages of action. And this was like half action sequence of him just going nuts on people. Mm-hmm. So there's that. If you like that, if you like aliens fighting, uh, you like your big sci-fi battles, you might want to check this out. All right. Cool. That's uh, the last, last fall. fall number one out this week from IDW, IDW. Publishing. Yep. All right. Out next week, next week. from uh, Zenoscope Entertainment, they are hitting a big milestone. They are. And they're celebrating at the San Diego Comic-Con with uh, Grim Fairy Tales number 100. 100 issues. Is it out next week or is it out today? I thought, uh, it, was out I thought it was out next week because they said that's when they're doing their big celebration at the San Diego Comic-Con. Maybe it's out this week. Mm. but uh, I thought he said it was out this week. Hang on while I check. It doesn't matter. Let's go ahead and do the review. It's out today. Woohoo! Okay. July 16th. That's today. 
for those of you paying attention. Grim Fairy Tales number 100. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Grim Fairy Tales, the first 25 issues or so are basically comic book retelling of actual fairy tales with a woman named uh, Belinda walking around and trying to teach people the right way it's, and kind of rod surling it around. And yeah, people I was going to say hurt. it's very Twilight Zone, uh, yeah. Outer Limits-esque. It's got an Outer Limits things. ending most of the time. Most of these people die horribly. And then for a while, there was Belinda and an evil girl. And then they started getting into the mythology of where the fairy tales come from. And it turns out there are four worlds where the fairy tales come from. There's Oz, there's Neverland, there's something else, and then there's Mist, which I think was a video game in the late 1990s. But throughout these books, and there are a lot of grim fairy tales titles floating around, they've had this running thread when they talk about the Age of Darkness. This is something that I do have to be aware of the grim fairy tales titles. I don't necessarily go, I'm going to read them all and I read them first thing. But it's one of the things that keeps popping up. Grim fairy tales books sell. People want to know what's going on in grim fairy tales. So for, you know, the other job, I try to actually have some aspect of what's going on. And it's kind of fun to see these, you know, kind of weird, violent versions of, you know, Oz and Peter Pan and all like that. This issue brings threads together, and it's threads that I actually was aware of, which I think is kind of miraculous, but didn't realize they meant anything. As Belinda manages to finally confront the evil uh, thing, and it's, you know, it's that devil guy with no mouth. He appears on like two-thirds of the covers. You'll see him. You know what he looks like. But the whole thing comes together into a big, giant moment. And when they talk about the Age of Darkness being a real changing point for the Grim Fairy Tales world... It really is. I mean, the status quo really gets shaken up because they have this whole thing that's set upon worlds at war and they have the different realms. And at the end of this issue, everything is thrown into chaos. All of the realms are messed up. And you see, you know, this feels like a legitimate giant anniversary thing that's going to change everything. I don't say forever in comics, but I'm going to say for 25 to 50 issues. We're going to have a whole new status quo in Grim Fairy Tales. And it's kind of fascinating. There are a couple of gorgeous double-page spreads where things happen that remind me of Crisis on Infinite Earths, of all things. Which I, you know, as an old-school comics fan, and by that I mean old, I really appreciate. And at the end of the issue, Belinda has a whole new quest ahead of her. And it's, you know, it sets off into a whole new arc, and I'm sure there's going to be limited series everywhere, a great big, you know, celebration thing, which I got to give them credit. A hundred issues of an independent title in this age over the last 10 years, that's, that's amazing. I mean, we've had really, really quality books that can't get 25 issues out the door. So if you have a question about, you know, is this Xenoscope stuff any good? Yeah, this issue is actually well-written. The art is good. It does have the trademark pretty ladies in leather outfits, but it's not something where, you know, the cheesecake overtakes the story. And interestingly, the primary cover, the issue that I bought, has a or have, has a cover by Neil Adams, yep. where Belinda looks pretty interesting, too. But three and a half slices of meatloaf for Grim Fairy Tales 100. Very interesting storytelling. Some familiar characters in there. Some stuff that I did not see coming, which is kind of nice. And a story that really makes me want to know more about what's going on and what's going to happen in this you know, brave new world of Grim Fairy Tales. So that's pretty impressive in and of itself. 
Cool. All right. So uh, thank you for that review, Matthew, Rodrigo, Zach. A lot more reviews. A lot more reviews. Over at Majorspoilers.com. We hope you check that out. I don't normally pimp other podcasts, but you said Neil Adams. He is a guest once again on the Fat Man on Batman podcast. And even though we had a lot of problems with his uh, Batman Odyssey tale a few times ago, (laughs) he has some fantastic tales to tell about the history of comic books and things that have happened from you know his time and and with him being the head of the uh, comic book writers guild or whatever i think mm-hmm. is what he was he mentioned something on the most recent podcast i was going to mention this earlier in the discussion um where you know disney bought marvel for four billion dollars for all these characters and they didn't really get all the characters that they wanted mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. stanley sold them all off like the Spider-Man, you know, it's over at Sony, Fantastic right. Four, all these things that right. have been sold off. And going back into that Thor discussion made me realize, you know, from what Neil Adams said, and this is in the late 70s when, or, or in the 80s when uh, Stan Lee was selling everything, mm-hmm. um, the only thing that they really have is the Avengers mm-hmm. as their top tier stuff and those people that are affiliated with the Avengers and a bunch of other characters out there sure, that people aren't sure. really recognizing he said that's why the next movie that they made was guardians of the galaxy because oh, they yeah. had to that's the only other property that they mm-hmm. had right now um makes me wonder about this thor thing and if that somehow tied I, in into i mean that. You, yeah you said it the 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 reason why they're they're pushing thor captain america and iron man as their big three is because they're actual big characters like yeah. their three biggest properties Spider-Man, the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four, yeah. the ones that mm-hmm. kind of that people actually care about, mm-hmm. belong or or are, are the 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 money is coming through other companies. Right. right. Now, again, we should keep in mind that when we say that Disney and Marvel don't own Fantastic Four, of course they own the Fantastic Four. Right. Mm-hmm. It's been licensed well, out to someone else, and they're getting a cut of the they're getting a cut sure, of that that sure. money. But they don't have creative control. They don't have right. creative control. The they don't no. have any of that. That kind of they stuff. can't intermingle what they yeah. have with other stuff. Exactly. Right. So when I yeah. when I talk about that, don't I'm, say, "Well, I'm how are they making sure money?" That, I'm not sure that saying Stan did that is is accurate because even I'm by just, the I'm 80s, just Stan what, was no longer over there. I, I'm just been, saying what Neil Adams said was that Stanley sold everything. I, I I think his timeline is suspect. Well, I mean, Stan I just, was entirely out of that. Marvel you may be you too. may be completely right. I'm just repeating what Neil Adams said. Who. Really left from his story. He left comics in the in the late seventies and went to go do storyboards because he could get paid, you know, fifty dollars per panel instead of three hundred dollars per page or two hundred dollars <laughs> per page. Uh, so he's doing storyboard stuff. So I'm just going by the tale that he said. You can go listen to that over at the uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast. But speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, time for the major spoilers poll of the week. Poll of the week. Ooga chaka. Ooga ooga. Man, when I first saw these uh, costumes appear, I thought that they were a joke. I mean, this is the time of year where we start to see all the sexy, sexy costumes appear. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen my fair share of the sexy costumes. I forget. Sexy the, Groot. Me, no, there's not a sexy Groot. Let me find one. That no I found. bark. I found a uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. Sexy. What is it? Sexy Pokemon. Oh, uh, questionable oh, sexy dinosaur costume. Do not. <laughs> Ever uh, Optimus, quest- Optimus Prime inspired clothing transforms your look, and they, they, those are okay, dresses. So you've got the questionable sexy dinosaur costume, and then Do I saw these. I saw these uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy costumes, and I thought that they were a joke at first because they just look <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Now, now, granted, there's a Star Lord. They have uh, uh, Drax. They have 
you know, some of the other characters. But the two that really stood out, and these are real costumes. Mm. The two that really <laughs> stood out to me were the Groot and the Rocket Raccoon full head masks. And, of course, they have costumes like Groot. You've got some hand gloves. Mm-hmm. Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. you've got the little uh, orange jumpsuit thing with the tail. But they disturb me. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know, which costume are you most likely to wear this year? Is it going to be the Groot costume with the uh, crazy mouth? Or are you looking at uh, Rocket <laughs> Raccoon with the evil eyes staring out uh, from you, Rodrigo? Well, really, the, the thing that makes these costumes creepy is the fact that they are, <laughs> yeah, they're highly detailed, but they just have holes for the eyes. So when a human mm-hmm. puts them on, <laughs> there are human eyes staring back at you yeah, through yeah. this monstrosity, right? Yeah. Whereas uh, and when you see them in the movie, uh, the, from the trailers that we've seen, they have, like, Rocket Raccoon has little raccoon eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Groot just has big, you know, nonsense eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so, I'm more most likely to wear <laughs> this year. I guess... Really, when you get down to it, the one that I would be most likely to wear would be the Groot one, uh, because usually on Halloween, I'm out shooting football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if that one has any sort of extra padding in the shins, <laughs> that's probably the one that I would wear. It has a stilts that you can walk on, so you right. don't, uh, if you do get taken out at the yeah, leg, you're th- actually that way just I'll fall. That yeah, way I'll fall, fall extra far <laughs> yeah, and, and just kill myself. Also, you know, if, if the face is padded, that way I yeah, won't hit my ha- mm-hmm. face as hard. I think for me, if I was going to pick one of these, I think it would probably be the Rocket Raccoon. Now, neither one of them is going to fit on my head. But I think the Rocket Raccoon, for some reason, looks a little less creepy, only because I've been accustomed to seeing giant raccoons and foxes and dogs walking around because of the furry movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think Rocket <laughs> what Raccoon... What goes on in yeah. Hayes? That's what I want to know. What kind of kids are coming to your Hayes, house? Yeah, Hayes, is a, Hayes is a surprisingly diverse Didn't you uh, see community that ho- in that sense. I think I took a, a picture at one point and posted it on my Instagram, one of the hotel's downtown said uh, your furry friends want to stay here oh wow. yeah that's right up on the that's right up on fine <laughs> matthew what about you well this is a difficult question because generally if i were going to wear a costume it wouldn't be store-bought because my dome is even you know bigger and, and more bulbous than yours but of the two of these i would go with Groot simply because it'd be easier to explain because if somebody's like, what the heck is that? Depending on who it is, you can do multi-level. For grandma, you can be like, I'm an evil tree. <laughs> and, you know, for people who like Bruce Campbell, you can go, I'm after your sister. And then you can actually explain to people who Groot is. Did I tell you I got a first appearance of Groot in the store the other day? Oh, nice. Yeah, it was interesting. And, but, yeah, I would go with Groot simply because the rocket raccoon is terrifying. Zach, what Caring. about you? Uh I'm going to have to go with Rocket on this one because Groot scares me. He has lips. <laughs> I don't know if he it's has the human eye, it, lips. It's like once you get past the eyes, it's like I'm a baby. I, and I'm, I'm the baby. He, he reminds me dinosaur, dinosaur, of yeah. the horribly designed uh, new Mutant Ninja Turtles from the oh, movie yeah, yeah. with the no nose thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Rocket yeah. looks like he's out to pick up someone at the bar. Like, I think, well, like, come one of his eyebrows to be more perched up and should be more smiling out of the side of his mouth. Oh, yeah. Because he'd be getting all the ladies. Looking good. Groot, Groot really scares me. Like, to a point of why does he have lips? That yeah. is just really the Groot freaky part like, on me. Groot is like, well, not the fact the that he's mama. got the smile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Kirby says, Gosh. Rocket, so I should be. Uh, Let's see. What does he say? Rocket, so should I be s- stretching Halloween over a weekend? I can use the mask to complete my Shirt Tales costume. 
Uh, Seth says people seem more likely to have sex with Bradley Cooper and people in animal costumes. So Rocket Raccoon was no brainer. <laughs> good, good call. Good, 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 call. Like, very practical good way of approaching. Good thinking. <laughs> what? Um, I don't think Matthew so knows what scared. yiffing is yet, so he can look up something later. I don't that. want to know what these things are. George W. says, I, I, if I had to choose from the two, I'd pick Groot because I think it'd be a lot of fun to uh, only speak single sentence the entire night uh, or single single word the entire night. Uh, a real test of my acting abilities. The great Knight O says I would most likely work Groot <laughs> because I'm a lover, not a fighter. He looks so happy and peaceful. Then I can go out and do the uh, the live version of the Giving Tree. <laughs> Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Daniel says, nope, just can't do furry. Got to go Groot. Uh, uh, I just want to say Batman oh. well says, ladies are looking for Groot in the, in the streets and Rocket Raccoon in the sheets. My vote goes to Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. What? That is the best. Go do a search for you know, you know what they say, when you, once you go space tree. <laughs> it's extra creepy. All right, Never be head peeing. over to Majorspoilers.com, cast your vote Not in Major yet. Spoilers Poll of the Week, and be sure to share your comments in the comment section, because those are always <laughs> so much fun to read, and seeing so many people comment brings a little uh, joy to my uh, very, very dark heart. Mm. Yeah. You go. <laughs> you go space tree, you'll buy you some pastry. Remember, if you've got any questions, <laughs> comments, send them podcast at Majorspoilers.com, our Major Spoilers hotline, 785-727-1939. We sure do enjoy hey. hearing from you. And let's talk uh, this week about um, Manifest Destiny. So this is another. Oh, I should also mention. Should also mention Tweaked Audio. Oh yeah, yeah sponsors of this uh, uh, this portion of the podcast. Head over to tweakedaudio.com, Get a whole bunch of different kinds of uh, earbuds, things to listen to this show in your ear hole. Mm-hmm. And, and both uh, ear holes. Both ear holes. Well, unless you're driving or doing something and you only have yeah, one. Just use one ear yeah. hole. Then one yeah. available ear hole. There you go. <laughs> It'd be interesting if they came out. This is the cool thing about these these headphones is they're they're designed for great music, for great talk. I mean, really for anything. I wonder what and, and of course, a lot of stuff comes out in stereo. But I like when I ride my bike or go for a walk or whatever. I like to have just one earbud in mm-hmm. so that I can hear traffic coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they'd ever design something with just a single earbud for those kind of people and have it still sound awesome. I don't, know. I don't know. Until then, I'm just going to use both earbuds and hope that uh, I'm far enough just to the Just try to cram both yeah. of them into your ear. <laughs> one ear. One ear yeah. Okay. A lot of different styles, a lot of different colors, a lot of different varieties. Head over to tweakedaudio.com. When you use the checkout code MAJOR, use that checkout code MAJOR, you get 30% off the price. That's uh, thanks to our friends over at tweakedaudio.com. All right. So Manifest Destiny. This is yes. from Image Comics. Actually, it's a Skybound uh, title. That's an image imprint. Uh, right. the Kirkman creator owned uh, stuff, even though all image comics are, mm-hmm. are creator owned. Right. This is an alternate history of the Lewis and Clark expedition mm-hmm. where right. they are sent to explore the Louisiana purchase. And according to the president, fight the monsters that are there, clean, clean out the territory of the monsters that are there. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first pave the way for settlement. Yeah. The first, uh, first chapter, they're basically like, there's no monsters out here. Yeah. And, and honestly, not knowing anything about this book, I'm like, yeah, okay, so it's all going to be monsters in their head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's some actual right. freaking monsters out there. Right. This is such a weird book. It is a weird book. It's such a weird book because the the first half of the first issue just kind of feels like a historical document. It's like I, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't read you know a historical kind of thing, and it's not exactly cowboy. It's kind of you know 
settlers in the in the West doing their thing, and then it starts to get weird. Yeah, probably the first weird thing is that uh, they find uh, when they get to essentially St. Louis this mm-hmm. giant they find yeah arch made was, of, <laughs> of greenery. That was strange. The St. Louis Arch. They never explained it. Uh, well, I think the big bad is monster that... in this piece kind of explains it because there's like oh. this green wild, oh, yeah. you know, kind of is all over the place and oh, yeah, affecting things. Sense. And um, no, this, think, this, think about that. this book starts out as a historical tale <laughs> and then it turns into <laughs> buffalo minotaurs. Although it's not really right, a minotaur which, because that yeah, wouldn't yeah. explain the buffalo head, right. which is a running gag. Yeah, it was right. a bu- uh, and it's then, joke. And then uh, plant zombies. Right. Yeah. Remember you <laughs> explain this to me. Uh, well, I can't. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is, uh, you know, that is the, the, the real shock of, the, of, of where the book takes you, right? Right. So you start out with um, what appears to be just a straight-up historical tale, and the 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 real intelligent thing about it is that they give Lewis and Clark very distinct personalities. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, so this is what this book is going to be about, right? Is this mm-hmm. like the real story of Lewis yeah. and Clark, right. showing you that one of them's a jerk and one of them's a nerd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is going to be great. And their party is consisting of uh, uh, thieves, killers, right. uh, yeah. military people yep. who want to get out of the army, right. all this kind of stuff. Basically, right, right, right. So people like they the, don't care about all the uh, dread. Yeah. So, uh, but then uh, monsters show up, and also weird things start happening around them. Um, they find uh, shelter briefly in a um, at a fort, but then they realize there's also monsters inside the fort. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that, no! that kind of happens as monsters well. Everywhere. So you also you get a like sub zombie adventure yeah, within mm-hmm. the. So the first thing when they when they get to this landing, you know, and they're examining the arch, um, they see some girl commit suicide or something, and then they go and investigate, and all they find is moss on the ground, and then out of nowhere comes this giant minotaur with a buffalo head, um, oh! and it's it's like a killing, centaur with a buffalo head, yeah, centaur, mm-hmm. yeah, a minotaur, cent, a minocentaur. I think what do they call it? A buffalo buffator or something? They tried to call yeah, it. Yeah, make something. They make something weird up. Yeah, but they it's, then they just go back to calling a it a minotaur, yeah. Yeah. which is which is funny because it's, it becomes the running gag right. not only between you know Lewis and Clark, who you think are the educated group because they're mm-hmm. going into the uh, you know so and so's tome of uh, mythical creatures, right, right? But then when they start talking about minotaurs, there's other people in the party like this this killer guy is like, but why does it have a buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and then when they get to the fort, there's there's educated people there, right, 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 and like that's the first thing they say. Or it's like, oh, we were attacked by those uh, minotaurs. It's like, doesn't like that's not a minotaur, right, right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that's what we're calling. It. <laughs> and these we things, actually see some that have the heads of, of like mustangs or something. Yeah, like horses too. It's kind mm-hmm. of the females have like the yeah. horse's head. I, I think they're also supposed to be bison. Oh, okay. Oh, well, their their faces are very elongated. Yeah, I think it's just because they don't. Like that's that is what female bison yeah. look like. A little bit oh, more really? elongated. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Are the they... massive breasts too, or yes, also that because <laughs> that is a, a ooga, uh, ooga. That's a that's a gag that they also that they also it's... pull out. But these things are you know eight ten feet tall, mm-hmm. and it uh, takes a while to kill them. But these uh, these creatures, you can imagine that they have some kind of an intelligence because they can build a fire, right? Right. And they, they use know weapons, that, and they use weapons, and mm-hmm. they know that humans taste good. Mm-hmm. Because they start eating them, which is the smartest thing an animal can learn. Yes, <laughs> kill them now. Um, we also see uh, Sacagawea a- mm-hmm. appear. Uh, I actually had a student 
um, when I was in Atlanta, um, spelled the exact same way, Sakajawa. That's how huh. she insisted oh, it was well, interesting. pronounced. So. Interesting. I had uh, just completely a uh, side story. <laughs> uh, I was in a production of Schoolhouse Rock when I was in high school. Yeah. And there's the uh, there's a song about Manifest Destiny. Right. Our director could not pronounce Sacagawea. Really? So he'd be playing the piano and singing along as like, they hired to be their guide. And we're like, it's, it's Sacagawea. Yeah, yeah. Sacagawea. And he just could not, could not. He tried and tried oh, and yeah. just could not pronounce Cause it. Because she kept going, that's, oh, that's how it's pronounced. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. so for like a year, I was just thrown yeah. by pronunciation. So she's a very strong character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes on very silent. And so... The assumption yes. from the reader and from the other characters is that she doesn't speak English or understand what's being said. Turns out mm-hmm. she's totally in on that. Yeah. And she also kills the entire tribe of uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo man. Yeah. 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 She has an interesting story that isn't really picked up on in this volume. Have you, you been reading this series? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Uh, you get her being super badass at the beginning. Right. You get her being super badass at the end. Mm-hmm. But there's some mysterious like she's pregnant plot with some dude that is apparently important for some reason that is oh. not touched on very much besides she's yeah. pregnant. It's important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even da. if it's like the pregnancy is part of it, but there's also like some deeper role that she has yet to yeah, play, yeah. which mm-hmm. might literally be something a character says. Yeah, the they book. do. They say that, Oh, we need her cause she's important for right. something that's like, you know, sacrifice her? Is there something, you know, know. there's something really weird. It, it, just, it's the baby, I thought. I don't know what I it thought is, it was like the okay, baby. Here's, 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 here's my theory. I haven't read any okay. farther than this. Yeah. Okay. We do see the St. Louis arc. Right. Right. Which means she's going to John Connor, her like baby <laughs> back, or I guess Reed. What was the guy's name? Reese. Reese, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's going to come back in the past, and he's actually Louis's dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see if that happens. We're going to see if that happens. So they, they finally get to the fort, right? They're at the fort, and um, there's some sickness that's that's taking over everyone, and they're all turning into these plant zombies. Yeah. Which is, when I, again, when I get to that part, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I was expecting, you know, crazy creatures, not a not a zombie melodrama. But it was nice because it's a departure from... Like modern day yeah, yeah. zombies, except that this is what the last of right, us did, right? These plant yeah. zombies, yes, yeah. right. And 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 to be fair, and and also mean to both this and the last of us, plant zombies have been done before, have they? right? Yeah, okay. Th- this is not the first yeah. we've ever seen of plant no. zombies. Just not I think popular. plant zombies are are almost as old as zombies themselves. Well, and that may be why they I mean, chose you, to do plant like, zombies. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. seen plant zombies in like 80s Swamp Thing. Right, right. Uh, well, mm-hmm. and in uh, Creepshow, Stephen King's Creepshow. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, so the plan is that now that the buffalo creatures are dead, we guess, they're, they're going to go track down the source because yeah. one of the, one of the uh, members of the uh, crew, before he turns, says, we want you or we want you to be part of this. So, uh, was it Clark comes to this realization that, oh, there's got to be a central, a central thing that this is connected to. Let's go destroy right. it. That'll take care of all the plants. Mm-hmm. And so they go out and things don't go well because it's not just humans that get infected. Right. No. 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 All, the, all the nice little, little cute characters that we see in nice little Disney little films. Little creatures of nature. Turn <laughs> into killers. It's really kind of, 
it's very, I mean, you can draw parallels between one particular scene in this book and in The Walking Dead, where they're walking through the woods and there's a group of soldiers is like, oh, look at that deer over there. Right. Isn't it so, <laughs> yeah. it's so peaceful. It's so quiet. Isn't it nice to just get back to nature? And then the deer turns its head and it's like infected. It's all rotting away. It's very similar to the one of the uh, in the first uh, book of The Walking Dead where they're through the woods and they're getting ready to shoot that deer where the deer's walking by. And then like a zombie jumps out of the tree and starts tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar in that theme up there. And then, of course, there's a giant bear. There's a skunk. There's rabbits. And- the skunk thing was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, really weird, but it was funny. This, the French guy that is he's not. Sacagawea's wife, uh, husband. Oh, he is. Is he? He does say that. Okay. Yeah, 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 but it seems like I married you. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. You're he's mine a real now. Dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's a real yeah. dick. He breaks his wrist. He gets sprayed with the skunk's uh, flora stuff, and anybody who's infected <laughs> should turn. At the end of the series, everybody washes themselves down really good. He's apparently going with them, but we haven't seen anything happen to him. Right. So I don't know. If that's a plot that that comes up well, later, it, it, it might, it might not. It may not because he didn't, I mean, he didn't stay back with Sacagawea because she didn't come on the ship with them, right? Yeah. But she does eventually. No, 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 no. no, no, no. He does go get back sprayed to the shore. by the zombies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, eventually, he's also a historical personage. Right. That's Toussaint right. Charbonneau. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, at one point, they they run into um, to the plant from Little Shop of Horrors, mm-hmm. and they destroy Audrey it. Two. Audrey too, and they destroy it. Uh, thanks again to Sacagawea, who saves Lewis and Clark. But not before the plant eats them and gives them like a psychedelic drug and they go into weird Lulu places. Yes. Well, one of them does and he has nice uh, imaginary intercourse with many people. Yeah. And while the other one is hunted down and has his throat about slit open before Sacagawea kills the plant. Yeah. It's pretty trippy. Yeah, it's just that. And then, then they just go on to the next part of their journey <laughs> as they journey westward to find the... Uh, the Pacific. Yeah. This is such a weird book. It is a weird book, but it's also another one of those alternate uh, alternative history tales, mm-hmm. which, you know, after our last it's, discussion. Yeah. We decided, it, let's do it again. Weird. I, mean, I honestly didn't know way. anything about, I didn't yeah. know anything about this book, except uh, that I yeah. knew that the, the trade had just come out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, people are talking about this. It's got some kind of interesting covers. I don't know if the covers are supposed to really be what the book is about. Turns out that's exactly what the book is about. Sure. Did you like it? I, I don't know. Why not? Well, I, there comes a point when you're reading stuff, and I I think everyone likes to be surprised a little bit. You like to be given something that is not what you expected. And there's a point in a story where you're like, okay, I'm enjoying this because it's not what I thought, but it's fun and interesting. This story is really well-crafted and really well put together. It has a lot of historical, you know, accuracy from what, you know, what I remember from seventh grade history class or wherever we went through this. But it also has just weird moments of, of, I think, what I would call a modern self-awareness to it. That isn't necessarily off-putting because, I mean, granted, it is for a modern audience. But there are points, you know, uh, the flashback sequences where they're talking about how they discovered that people were being turned into the plombies, the plant zombies, which is a funny word. That whole sequence is just beautiful. And it reminds me of that old Stephen King story that's kind of the takeoff on Lovecraft, Mm -hmm. where he's just, you know, it's, it's a man's journal from 
1885 when he moves into this chamber of the bones. But there's something about it that feels off. Like there, like there's a piece missing for me of, of the premise to really make it lock in and be amazing. Hmm. So I keep getting dragged into it. It's not like I'm, I'm alienated from the story, especially, you know, the stuff with Sacagawea is kind of fun. Yeah. When she, when we first see her and she leaps out mm-hmm. with her big the Batman trees. cape. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And maybe it's the fact that she does leap out with that thing that does remind me so much of Batman. But there, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it that just isn't. It's like ninety percent there, but there's like a, a piece that didn't click for me that keeps it from being like super perfectly enjoyable. Is it mm-hmm. like? Um, then I think about it. I think it would have been nice to see like the pre story because why is Jefferson mm-hmm. sending them? in here to clear monsters like was there a confirmation like there's monsters well, in these been, lands he and was we- there before right and it, so that's why he's doing it i mean in, in the journal he's saying hey yeah i hope that the president's not just being delusional here and sending us on some mad errand right. yeah and and i hope when he talks about monsters he's really talking about the native well, peoples and, and 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 presumably um you know this is the louisiana purchase mm-hmm. therefore there right. have been french settlers here before so that's right. how reports could mm-hmm. have come mm-hmm. in okay mm-hmm. Right, but yeah, it's, it seems Charbonneau. odd that it seems odd that here there be monsters kind of thing just right. mm-hmm. happens right. to be in this portion of the world because unless you know the 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 old tales of dragons and minotaurs are actually from real from a long time ago that that problem's just been dealt with, it is a little it is is a little odd mm-hmm. from that standpoint. Did you like this, Zach? Yeah. Um. I think so. <laughs> I was never, I never thought to myself, wow, I should just put this down and not care anymore. Right. It was interesting. Um, the twist with the zombies was really strange. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it wasn't just straight shoot them in the head zombies and they have to burn them. And yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Um, I'm. I don't even know if I'm. I think I'm interested to see more because they just kind of jump in at yeah. the end. It's just like done. Well, more it's things only, coming probably. It is only four issues. Well, this is. It's four. Oh, is issues. it four six. issues? That yeah. was six issues. Oh, I think it's only four. This Maybe is not. six. Oh, okay. This is six. It's like 130 yeah. some pages. Yeah, it's it's the first six issues of what seems to be an ongoing. Yeah, it's an ongoing. Because yeah, we get to. This is six. Six. Yeah. There it is. So. Um. Uh, yeah, I think I enjoyed it. I don't know. I think we're kind I don't know of what, like I, I rank it in stuff like enjoyable. Um, I wouldn't pick up single issues of this. No, I don't think I would. Like, I didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah. I think what I like about it is the fact that it is a different kind of take on the monster tale where it's not modern right. monsters. It's not monsters from the 1950s. It's not space monsters. You know, it's not this. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if we take these kinds of things? And I'm going to imagine we're going to see something like Swamp, uh, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon or that kind of stuff will show up eventually in this series or some kind of Cthulhu-esque type monster will show up at some point. But this is definitely what would happen if Lewis and Clark were plagued by real monsters sure. instead of just having this unpleasant journey from you, to the West Coast. You know what? Yeah. If <laughs> this is how much I enjoyed it, I rather would have uh, read The Sixth Gun. Hmm. And okay. I feel like that's really? kind of an alternate history, 
like weird monster yeah, yeah. mythic <laughs> cowboy kind of shoot him up stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some I would differences. Say that's definitely in this same genre. Yeah, I would have rather had the six gun than this. Uh, let's see. I found this book <laughs> very thematically troubling. Yeah. Um, if you start from the idea of that what manifest that mani- is. like <laughs> what is what is manifest yeah, destiny yeah, exactly manifest destiny uh-huh. is the idea that uh the european descended uh american settlers decided that it was their divine right, right. to expand westward yep. and basically God said yeah. said it was okay to do whatever we had mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, I had, I had that that was a problematic for me, so, especially so this, when they get into yeah, killing here's the native the thing. tribe. Like, I'm I'm you know me. I will read things into a book very much on purpose. Right. Like I will say, well, what's one prism or another prism or whatever that I can look at this book through? And through the prism of the book's very title, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hugely troubling. Right. Because here's the thing: who are your protagonists? A bunch of European-born white dudes. Right. They're all traveling down the river, and all of a sudden, they find monsters. Right. But here's the thing. The monsters they find are based on American fauna, Mm -hmm. right? Native American fauna. Mm -hmm. These monsters are very savage. Yeah, yeah. They are (laughs) powerful, but also smart enough. They use weapons. They have fires. That was the biggest. They have culture. Also, they eat people. It's... It's just like I. I mean, I. I I'm no, already, I I'm already because, beating you over the head no, no, with no, no, it. No, no, no. Because I had saying... the exact. I had the exact same problem. It's like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I said, okay, manifest destiny is God's right to do. God has given us the right mm-hmm, to do right. this, so we can go in and kill these native creatures, yeah. which are very analogous to right. uh, Indians, the, the American Native well, Americans in this book, in the way that their culture is progressed, and, again, and they're wiping them out. I, I really did have you, a problem with that. If you look at it through the prism of, you know, who are we dealing, like, who is our point of view character mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. well, these creatures sure seem like godless savages, yeah, yeah. even mm-hmm. though they have two arms like us, a head right. like us. They can communicate with yeah. each other like us. They can't communicate with those, us, right. though, because they're savages. Right. Let's kill them. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's the a, here's a thing. So I was like, okay, let's forget about that for a second. Let's look at the plants, mm-hmm. right? What are the plants? The plants are other faiths, mm-hmm. right? They get to this place, mm-hmm. and everybody has been converted to this crazy thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. When they find the source, the source even says... In another place, we were gods. Yeah, yeah, like, I just read that as a Cthulhu-type uh, monster. Uh, and yes, and that's what it is. And yeah. that's clearly what our uh, what the writer is actually mm-hmm. doing. He's, right. like, setting that up. But it just, to me, really struck me as, like, first off, there's, like, the physical threat mm-hmm. of the native people, mm-hmm. right? These huge creatures that know the lay of the land. They know all this stuff. They're clearly technologically and morally inferior, right? But we're so we can wipe them out with mm-hmm. impunity. But they're very dangerous, right? And then there's like the philosophical issue because, uh, and and this happens at a French settlement, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, English-born colonists, uh, Anglicans probably, Protestants most likely, French <laughs> colonists, Catholics. Right. 
More than uh, likely. French, maybe. So you're getting into this thing where it's like this settlement has been corrupted by yeah. a different system. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, this is me basically taking this book and this is clearly not the author's intent. Right. But it's something that to me... But you could do that to anything, though. Uh not this well. No. I don't think I could do it this well to anything because I think these themes are here. Yeah, yeah. I think that manifest destiny. So it is destiny, the author's intent. M- no, it. Uh, That's the fallacy of authorial intent. Well, it's not. No, it's not the author's intent, but it's the author's bias. Oh, okay. Right. Mm. That's different. It, um, it can definitely be just like too. it's not uh, Marvel's intent to. Uh, have uh, to make a like second string girl Thor. That's what it feels what like. Doing. Because rather than making a new character, they're just like, well, let's just slap, right, right. let's just slap some boobs on Thor and see how that sells. Right. Right. <laughs> um, it's that wasn't their intent. Right. But that's their bias right. because they're a bunch of dudes. Right. Right. So I'm guessing again, just you know, like I uh, I don't know what this author's uh background is Christingus. Yeah. But the idea that even the idea that manifest destiny is something that you can easily write about and mm-hmm. focus on mm-hmm. is hugely or or is is very thorny. Right. And probably should be more <laughs> controversial than it actually is. Yes. Thorny. Yeah. Right. Thorny works so many different ways this right, episode. <laughs> well, but I think also between Lewis and Clark themselves there's this question because I forget which one is is which. Uh, the crazed one, Captain Lewis, mm-hmm, the one that mm-hmm. likes to whip everybody. He truly believes that it's my right to do all these things. Sure. Uh, 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 Clark, on the other hand, seems a little bit more reserved in, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we need to communicate with these things. Maybe we need to talk with this stuff. Let's see if we can work something right. out. And that's, and that's the thing is the universe reinforces Lewis's mm-hmm. take on things, right? Mm-hmm. When Clark goes, let's talk to it. It's like, we were going to kill you. Yeah, these things attack them. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we tried to be reasonable, but they still attacked us, right? Like, we tried to be reasonable by invading their territory. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, now that we're here and we've wrecked everything, let's try to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I mean, I would agree with you on the the monsters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The plant one's a little bit different. That's a little bit, I I think, more reaching on that. Sure. Uh, but definitely I had the same when I was reading this. I was like, holy crap, they're killing the Indians. But then it was like, okay, wait a minute. They didn't actually kill, you know, the white guys didn't actually kill the buffalo creatures. That, that's right. It was Sacagawea that that's killed right. them. And you I was know, like, well, wait a minute. That's you, a little weird too. Do you know why? Uh, why? Because she's one of the good ones. Oh, I see. Oh, you wound me, sir. <laughs> that's good, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's awful, but it's good. And I that I mean that that may be part of it. I mean, I think that's that's something Zach and I both have trouble really keying into the themes of the material. And it, it, it may be something that's just kind of there and kind of not. I don't know. Well I mean, we see when when the plan zombies are around, we see human skeleton right. people. Right. They could be the right. settlers, they could be the natives. No, they're definitely the settlers. Definitely sell it. Inside the fort, yeah. But then when they go back outside, um, we see more Mm. human people. So I mean, 
more than likely. Well, I mean, there was, the, I mean, there was the first girl who jumped off the cliff, and we don't know what her story was. Right. I'm I mean, we don't pretty know if she was, sure she was a plumbie th- or whatever. Well, she was. Yes, she had the green yeah. eyes. But was she yeah, French yeah, yeah. or was she a Native American? Right. Um, so, so we yeah. don't know what's happened to the natives. But that's the thing is, we don't know what's happened to the natives. We don't know if this is normal for them. Mm-hmm. We don't know if there even are any natives in this region or if the natives again because we, other than Sacagawea we don't see any native yeah, americans right. yeah. they did mention some other tribes but i don't i'd have right. to go back and look and see if those were more east of the mississippi tribes right or not the and thing again, is, a lot of the tribes were relocated uh, because we don't because we don't see where actual real world native americans fit into this universe right i think that's uh, honestly i think that's what matthew and zach are, are having trouble grasping or, or why they're having mm-hmm. trouble with the setting is because there's this basic part of your um early exploration setting that's missing yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep 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 okay. i think it's interesting um i would like to read the next volume myself just to see what happens next would you or but you're not gonna pick up the issues you can wait till the next volume comes the, out no i wouldn't pick yeah, up yeah, the yeah. issues just the next volume just the next volume just mm-hmm. to see because i think it's i think i want to just read it that way Get sure. it. this was a very fast read mm-hmm. from my yeah. perspective i thought the art was really really good yeah art was fantastic mm-hmm. um flashback uh scenes were great and were well done in a very um oldie timey um mm-hmm. uh, way um <laughs> Well, I love how parchment. you pronounce the E on the end of all the timey. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, the very parchment style of, of mm-hmm. how it was told. I, I like that. Uh, but I did have, you know, the same concerns that, that you did as far as the, let's just kill all the tribe people, yeah. but not the not from the religious standpoint. But I did have the trouble with, well, the title is Manifest Destiny. So I would say if you want to read just a historical, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln v- vampire killer, mm-hmm. if you want to read that with Lewis and Clark Monster Hunters. Uh, and you want to just go at it from that point, go for it. Um, the art's really pretty. The story is, is solid, but not out of this world for me. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And the alternate history things always uh, intrigue me a little bit just because it's always this idea that I think even we think about generally of uh, alternate dimensions, infinite realities and stuff and this is kind of playing into that where what would this be like this would be like uh so it's always interesting to see if it's done really well and i think there are some bits in this that's done really well the art's good um it certainly got us talking uh and not horribly negative ways there's certainly some negative things in there uh especially if you uh, look at things like Arrigo does, which is always great for me because he thinks differently than I do. Uh, so this, I think, is worth borrowing for like an hour and a half okay. and reading it. Yeah, it's not going to take you that long to read no, it. No, no, no. Rodrigo? The art is really fantastic. I actually liked it a lot, not just for the monsters and the creepy stuff, but no, just the one f- of the one of the opening stuff is like this heron yeah, yeah. that's just like <laughs> flying over this river valley, and it's really mm-hmm. pretty, really well drawn bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, again, until the weird stuff starts happening, uh, it's kind of impressive how pretty the book is. Yeah. That said, I didn't care for it. Uh, the the um, central idea to the book, or or the the springboard to the book is is problematic for me and is the sort of thing that I would have liked like a strong um, thematic thing that says 
there was something that was fundamentally flawed about mm. the idea of Manifest Destiny, mm-hmm. which we do not find here. Not in this volume. Maybe that's what ultimately we'll find out. Because that's the other thing that's interesting well, is there's no... There's right, no religious right. person here right. in the in this book. There's no religious person in the party, right. which right. is interesting. Yeah, but uh, uh, for me, I'm not I'm not going to read through three volumes for yeah, the yeah. payoff of. Oh yeah, yeah. we shouldn't have this, done that. This whole book <laughs> yeah. shouldn't have happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I I would I would give this a pass again unless you are somebody who likes to pick up comics for the art, mm-hmm. and then I suggest that you flip through this because the art is very pretty, Matthew. The art is very pretty. The art is very reminiscent of another Skybound book, The Walking Dead. And I think part of my reason, I, I will have to stand with Rodrigo as saying that I don't know that I would recommend this because it kind of feels like, from the perspective of the the marketing of the book, how do we do The Walking Dead in a history tale? Now, it is weird. It is interesting. And if you've listened to this and you say, hey, I definitely, you know, I want to see what goes on with these weird things. Yeah, I would say check it out, but I would not recommend it just based on that because as pretty as it is, and some of it is pretty, you know, there's some wonderful scenes in here. There's just something about it that doesn't work for me, that doesn't ring. And I, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, they had me, and then they just it, – it, it didn't quite stick the landing, so – all right. Uh, cool. If 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 you're interested in this, issue seven came out in June. On the cover is what I, I will call a frogtopus, yeah, yeah. and inside the second page, Sacagawea is riding a giant ladybug. So there you go. Yeah, I think that's what that's the cover that I saw, and I was like, this looks interesting. <laughs> frogtopus. We need to we need to look out this, check on, out this on, volume. Honestly, uh, when you called it uh, basically Lewis and Clark monster hunters, yeah. that's that's what this book is. Mm, that actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If this book was yep. called Lewis and Clark Monster <laughs> Hunters, I would actually have a lot fewer problems with it. You think? I think so, yeah. No, probably not. Um, because I think if you just strip out the title, if you just strip out the title and it's called Lewis and Clark Monster Hunters, the same themes are still there. That's true. If that's you're, you're going to go with the religious theme with the plants, then that is still there yeah, and you'll the, still have to yes, read that. You're right. Sure, definitely, you're right. And definitely, the, definitely the bison, let's kill the, yeah. people, let's kill yes. the native peoples yep. is yep. still going to be there, yep. even though you're they right. are quote unquote right. monsters. Yeah. But Lewis and Clark Monster right. Hunters is a pretty awesome title. I bet, I bet if you look, there's probably already a title somewhere called Lewis and Clark Pro- Monster probably. Hunters. Probably. Or like, it would be great if they had called it The Weird Adventures of Lewis and Clark. There you go. That, I think that would probably be a more yeah. interesting title. But I think or that, you, you could but call I think it when like The Weird Sienna Purchase. <laughs> nice. When you're titling things, you, you do have to have a title that captures you. So right. if you said yeah. The Weird Adventures of Lewis and Clark, someone's going to, you know, the first thing is... Uh, either this is some kind of a trippy Twilight Zone type tale right. or it's some crazy zany. Right. Ad- it adventure. does. It does sound like a book for like younger readers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you call yeah. it Lewis and Clark Monster Hunters, there's, you're going to expect werewolves. So and there's there's lots of ways to title a book. Right. So yeah. there's this book yeah. falls into the category of. Name it after something that people say a lot, like after a phrase yeah, yeah. Yeah. that is that is catchy, right. you know. So you have your Manifest Destiny, you have mm-hmm. your Pax Romana, mm-hmm. you have, you know, all of these yeah. books that are just like your hunter killer. Right. You know, books that are named after yeah. something cool. Well, except that in Manifest Destiny, I believe that was actually in I have to go back and look at the charge from uh, Jackson, I do believe it was. Sure, sure. It's our manifest sure destiny to go yes. this no, Yeah, it was yeah. it was, it was I mean, something it was part of the Louisiana purchase. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but, it I mean it's the same reasoning behind 
it is a very grabbing title because people yeah. are like, oh, I, I'm familiar with that idea. With now, again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. many people may not know what its actual meaning is. Right. And that's right. And that's that where it. your problem. Well, and I mean, to this day, like the there are sections of the American population where if you say manifest destiny, they'll cock an eyebrow and yeah, say, yeah. what what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, this is this is crazy time. Like, the, like that was not a good thing. Right. And there are sectors in the United States where if you say manifest destiny, they will like put a hand to their heart and yeah, start yeah. singing the national anthem. Yeah. I mean, this is not something oh. this is not something that has been settled in, know. A, in current American culture. No, no, no. So it although I feel that the book probably shouldn't have this title. It's not something that everybody's going to back me up on. Hmm. Right. Um, uh, the writer Chris Dingies, Dingus. Did, Dingus did an interview, Dingus. and they talked about uh, like where. So, what gave you the idea for Lewis and Clark as Monster Hunters? He said, "I was drinking, complaining about how all someone needs to do is have a to have a hit is jam monsters into history, fiction, and nonfiction." I said, "You could just take Lewis and Clark and say they were really hunting monsters in the American frontier." Then I realized it wasn't a terrible idea. I could have fun and make money while doing it. <laughs> So there you go. There it is. The writer's intent. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. That wraps it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. Somebody just tweeted me and said, hey, I've been sharing your podcast with, with people uh, all the time. So thank you uh, for that. Uh, if you have any questions, podcast or comments, podcast. Or if you have any thoughts, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Or if you'd like to record them. That's a long email address. Podcast, 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 podcast. comments, podcast, questions, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I think it's probably time that we get to another uh, listener feedback. So we'll be doing that generalized topics next time. Uh, so podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Or if you'd like to, you can, you know, you don't have to just send us the written word. You can also email us an audio file if you want to include it that way or call the Major Spoilers hotline 785-727-1939. We appreciate Aww. all the phone calls that are there and we will be back next week. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you have questions or comments, feel free to send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You can follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Major Spoilers. Like us on Facebook and share your thoughts about comic books and pop culture by using the comment section on any post at Majorspoilers.com. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store got here, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and forth my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven 
bitch like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun, being the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2014.